Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and I call myself this because I am a firm believer that you need to combine your talents as well as the right mental fortitude in order to achieve your creative ambitions. And so in this lesson, I want to highlight Stephen King's rules for writers. Now, I'm not just going to read his rules. I'm also going to kind of give my perspective and contextualize it a little bit more, okay? Now, before I get into it, I want to encourage you to subscribe if you aren't already. That way, get all the various content that I put out right when I put it out. Thank you if you just did, and also thank you if you already were. So, let's do it, right? Uh, first off, I'm pretty much pulling from Stephen King's On Writing, which is his memoir. And it's a really, really fascinating read. I read it in college, and I feel like I, I got, almost got nostalgic for it, uh, and I want to reread it again. But nonetheless, I'm kind of going back to, to notes when I do this lesson. And part of the reason I wanted to do this lesson was because it's interesting to me in a way uh, I can now claim to be a writer because I wrote a feature film, I wrote a nonfiction book, I completed a novel that is going to be, you know, that I'm trying to get published, and if nothing else, I'll self-publish. Uh, I'm working on a, a third book, which is a, a second nonfiction book, and I'm in the midst of writing another feature film that that I plan to make, just like I did with my first one. So for the past year and a half, I have been writing. And so by that definition, I am a writer and I plan to continue to write because it it brings me joy. Uh, and and so we'll we'll kind of talk about that. Um, I just want to, you know, that'll, that'll come back into play later. So let's start with the first thing that he says, write for yourself, then worry about the audience. And when I think about my writing, it very much does come from my desire to express myself. And it really is therapeutic for me. And of course, I want to convey something to the world, but, but, you know, it really starts with me. And it's like, what do I want to see? Like, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm not like writing fan fiction in a sense. I want it to stand, I want by my standards to be as good as it can be. So if it's a movie, you know, this would be a movie that I would want to see and would enjoy seeing. If it's a book, right, like with my novel or my nonfiction, is this a book that I would want to read and enjoy and get something out of? Okay, then yes. So by that's that by that definition, I am writing for myself and holding myself to a high standard. And you know, from there, uh, if people enjoy that, then great. Uh, it's not like I've omitted the audience um, ever, but but start with you. Uh, a very simple one, don't use passive voice. So passive voice is, I was going. So it's anything kind of with ing. Or uh, you, it certainly works in... Yeah, it works in present tense and works in past tense, right? So I am going uh, or I was going, right? So these are, these are passive and they're not as strong as opposed to I go, I, I went, okay? And by the way, you know, it, this is something, this is like a, t a tangent, but, but it does apply to this because 
you know, I, I've expanded passive voice to also be like weak verbs. Um, and especially like nowadays uh, in, in the climate that we're in, I, I help kind of oversee various friends' resumes and so forth. And one of the number one notes I give them is cut out, cut out these weak verbs. Uh, so for example, like um, I helped. Helped on a resume is like a very weak verb. It's to me, you know, kind of falls into this category of passive voice. So that's just a quick little note for you. Instead of helped, you know, what's something better? You know, you developed, you launched, you created. What is it that you did? You didn't just help. You did something. <laughs> help implies that you stood, you know, you just kind of almost observed. So, um, so don't use passive voice. Avoid adverbs, right? So adverbs are, uh, he ran quickly. Um, it's kind of anything with an L-Y. It's, it should, like, instead of he ran quickly, what's a verb that means to run quickly? He sprinted, right? So sprinted is the verb, and it implies, okay, holy crap, he's, he's running really fast, okay? So avoid adverbs. Uh, this is kind of secondary to that, but he's very much um, adamant about this. Avoid adverbs, especially after he said, she said. And the reason this is because it, now you're attributing how something should come across. So he said bluntly. He said angrily. He said softly. The reason he argues this is bad is because it, it shows we don't know your characters. And we don't know the situation. The context of a scene should convey how a character speaks. You know, we should know if a character is angry in this situation and he would say it angrily or if they're quiet and whispering it because they're timid. So, you know, usually adverbs are when you don't trust the reader to know your characters or perhaps you don't know your own characters. So you have to kind of spell it out for people. So avoid that. Don't obsess over grammar. You know, especially in terms of how we speak, we don't really speak grammatically correct. And so, you know, don't, don't obsess over it. Sometimes a fragmented sentence can be a lot more poignant than, than a long-winded one that is grammatically correct. So think about that. Um, here's a big one. Read. You know, it's interesting enough, I... You know, uh, kind of going, allow me a story, if you will. The reason I said of myself that, ironically, I now can call myself a writer is because I have been writing. And I do that because there are so many quote-unquote writers who, like, shut themselves in for one weekend out of six months, every so often, and try to crank out something. They don't. Um, they'll get a couple good ideas Full of, you know, some will be good, but most of it will be cliches. And then they'll, you know, try to revisit later and so forth. And, and it never really goes anywhere. And it's like, first off, if, if you don't have the time to write, then you're not, you can't be a writer, okay? But along with that, you can't be a writer if you don't read. You know, I, I use the word cliche, right? We, we, whenever, and I can speak from my own experience, whenever I have this idea initially, it is riddled with cliches. It is only through sitting and molding that idea 
that I can get rid of those cliches. And part of how I know those things are cliches is because I have a, a length and breadth of stories that I've consumed through the visual medium, but also through reading. And that also implies, because I'm, I'm a screenwriter, I, I read scripts. I try to read scripts of movies that I have seen. So you know, part of it's the curiosity factor of like, ooh, how did the script from Inception translate from, from script to screen or Jurassic Park or whatever else? Because there are differences and that's really fascinating to me. But also it's showing me how they did write the script because I must learn that style. But I also read books because, you know, books provide something else. And then I, I, I translate that to my script writing as well. And so I, I try to read as much as I can. I read fiction. I read nonfiction. I read scripts. So all these things really mold and sculpt my ability to write and to recognize those cliches. So if you can't read, you can't write. And that's the other thing. If you don't even have time for writing, then you're not really a writer, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, to that point, turn off the TV. And what he means by this is cut out distractions. Like if, Make time for writing. This is kind of what I was harping on. You can't just write once every six months and call yourself a writer. You really have to write day in and day out as much as possible. As many times as you can throughout the week, you have to write. Stephen Pressfield argues the same thing. You know, the muse is never going to come to you randomly. As he argues, the muse comes when she sees you struggling day in and day out in front of the computer or whatever it might be. Because the muse is like, oh, this person's putting in work. So I'm going to gift them with this idea. Okay? That's how... That's how, I mean, it's very poetic in that sense. And you know, I'm not saying this is like literally the factual thing, but, but it does work in principle. You have, to, you have to avoid distractions and you have to make time to write. And the reason why he argues the TV, you know, it's like, it, it, it's just what he's arguing is that we just default to escapism and passive entertainment rather than do the work of what we think that we should be doing. So... Turn off the TV, avoid distractions, and get to writing. This is, doesn't mean never watch anything, but be purposeful. Write first, then, then do all that other stuff, okay? Now, he has a time limit of three months for a first draft because, you know, this sense, like, he, he adheres to writing 2,000 words a day. My writing process is a little bit different than his. I'm a firm believer in outlining heavily first. And so I do that for <coughs> a majority, excuse me. And that can take some time. I mean, so sometimes I might even be outlining for three months, but what I, what I, what I put in terms of that upfront time, while it doesn't seem like I'm getting any results, it, it heavily helps me on the back end, and I can turn out a draft very quickly. You know, so far, the script I'm on working on, In Search of Sunrise, I've been going at it for 15 days, at about like an hour and a half a day. And so far, I'm on like page 57. So not bad, not bad. I, I don't think not bad for me. Um, so, you know, 
but but it really helps to have that outline. So, you know, whether it is three months for you, if nothing else, this is kind of the point. Figure out the right process, set some goals and deadlines, and even if you don't hit them, at least you'll be that much further, right? Like I, I gave myself a near impossible deadline to finish the first draft of In Search of Sunrise by the end of August. Didn't happen, okay? But nonetheless, I certainly got a lot further than I would have if I didn't give myself sort of that initiative, right? And so that's great. Um, at the end of the day, you got to write one word at a time. So never be, it's that kind of cliche, you know, the 10,000 mile journey begins with the first step. So, you know, just, just take it in increments. And that's why it's important to go day in and day out because you're not all of a sudden just going to, you know, one weekend sit in front of the computer and everything's going to pour right out of you. You really got to just take it one word at a time and, and you'll see progress. So don't disparage. It'll come. Um, stick to your own style. You know, don't try to emulate somebody else. Like you be, And, you know, I'm finding this with myself. I, I am inspired by certain things, yes. And when I wrote my novel, I was very much inspired by like Bukowski and Hemingway. And I kind of wanted to almost write in their sort of style, but it just wasn't the book. First off, it wasn't my style and it wasn't the book. And so, you know, while that was a jumping off point, I didn't force the novel to be like them because I am not them. And ultimately, I have my own unique voice and things like that. And so I stuck with it. And I think, you know, in that sense, I'm very proud of what it is and the voice that it does have. So, you know, stick to your own. It's that it's it's you got to have the confidence what you have to say because it deserves to be said. Okay. Um, So don't take that away from yourself. Take a break. Now, this is kind of counterintuitive to everything that I've been talking about. But there does come a point where you need to take a break from the project that you are working on so you can get some fresh perspective on it. Because if you're constantly in the trenches every day of that project, you're not going to see the forest from the trees. So, you know, one of the ways that I do this is I, in the days that I'm not working on, let's say, let's say I was not working on my script, I might work on my novel or my nonfiction stuff. Okay, so I'm working on something else. So I'm still writing, but I'm just not writing that thing. So I can give myself a little bit of distance. And so so allow yourself that time so you can then go back and be able to critique it. Um, and sometimes it is, you know, sometimes this works with writer's block, where if you feel like you're truly stuck, well, take a break from that and work on something else. So I'm not saying just take a break completely. Sometimes that that is necessary. Like we're not machines meant to like just work 365 days a year nonstop. But, uh, you know, the the general principle is take a break from writing that and write something else. Um, The research should never overshadow the writing. And Stephen Pressfield is another person that really talks about this. Like research can eventually be a crux, uh, a crutch rather, sorry. And you know, it's a form of resistance where it's like, oh, well, you feel productive because I'm doing all this research, 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 but you're not really being that productive. 
know, Tim Ferriss kind of talks about it uh, just in case information versus just in time. And I feel like a lot of us default to just in case research of like, oh, I, I might need this. I might need this. Versus like you really should just be aiming for just just in time information. Like what what is the bare minimum you need to know in order to tell the story that you're telling, right? And and go for that. Now, I'm not saying lower the standards, right? Like if you are writing a historical fiction, research the things that you need to know, but don't, you know, at the end of the day, you got to write the, write the piece. So it is a fine balancing act. Ultimately, you kind of have to judge it for yourself, but, but it is something to really consider because, you know, research does feel productive, but it can be a form of procrastination if you allow it. And, you know, very simply, I'm going to kind of tie the last two together. You become a better writer simply by reading and writing, and writing should make you happy. You know, writing, to me, is not like this moniker that I want to carry simply because it's a prestigious thing. No, I truly enjoy it. And when I see my other friends who claim themselves to be writers but don't write, well, it's like, okay, are you just... I feel like you're doing it because you feel like this is like a cool thing, and it'll be cool to have written something instead of actually writing it. So don't fall into that trap and really ask yourself, do you enjoy this? You know, and I can genuinely say I like reading books. I like writing. And so the two make me happy. And that's why I've been doing it. So I hope this gives you some perspective, some information, some inspiration. And yeah, just listen, no matter what age you are, no matter what sort of stage in your writing career you are. I don't care if you're just beginning or in the middle, whatever else. You know, the interesting part is it never, it almost never gets easier, right? A blank page will always start off as a blank page. So, and in a weird sense, no matter how many things you've written before, and I've heard other more successful writers than me talk about this, that, you know, you still got to dig in and the process is still the same and it's just as intimidating the hundredth time as it is the first time. So let that be a little bit of encouragement. And hopefully, you know, these strategy take take these things, the rules of writing, and use them as guidance and strategy to, to write the things you want to write. Thank you for taking the time to tune in. Um, by all means, if you have thoughts of your own, if you have questions, please share them, whether down in the comments section or hit me up on social media at Bill Svitek. I would love to chat with you further about this and you know get to know you as a writer, as a creative. And yeah, that that would be amazing. Also, if this has been beneficial to you, then I also encourage you to share this with someone in your life. Hopefully they get the same benefit. I certainly would appreciate it. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I hope to see you next time.